0: Me, Andrew Lawson. (laughs) Oh, he's not in here. (laughs) Oh, you guys, good morning. It's so good to be with you guys and see your faces. I get to see them just about every week up here, but I'm so excited that today it looks different, that I get to be up here for an extended time period. And we get to dive in together in Psalms a little bit more today. John and Drew, pastors John and Drew, have taken us through Psalm 1 and Psalm 23 these past two weeks. I encourage you to check those out online if you haven't listened to them yet. Um, And while today I'm closing out this huge three-week sermon series on the book of Psalms. <laughs> I don't want to. You guys are dead. That was a joke. <laughs> you guys <laughs> I want to re-emphasize that our hope in covering just three of the 150 Psalms that there are, our hope is that it would whet your appetite and create a craving to dive in more and to read more of these psalms. Last week we ended our services with a move of the spirit through baptisms. You guys, we had two. Yes, we had two baptisms signups, like planned. One at the 9 a.m. service, one at the 11 a.m. service. I don't know if you guys were here or not or kept count. By the end of the morning, we had 15 extra, extra people. Yeah. Yeah. 15 extra people decided to follow the nudge of the Spirit and jump in the waters uh, and get baptized and just commit to make a public display of their commitment to following Jesus. It was amazing. I'm still kind of riding the wave of that because guys, he's so good. (laughs) He's so good. Um, and I find it wildly ordained by the Lord for us to come off of last week celebrating all of that and then today land in eight verses that make up Psalm 138. And let me explain to you why I think it's wildly ordained. Like Drew said last week, the scripture that we preach on a Sunday morning that we look into is typically picked out eight to nine months in advance, okay? So eight or nine months ago, This Psalm 138 was picked for today. The Lord is so gracious because he knew exactly what was going to happen last week, right? Right. And then he placed our first time gathering corporately together again since then. He placed us and asked us to intentionally look at a prayer of thanksgiving and praise. (laughs) Amazing. So go ahead and turn in your Bibles or phones to Psalm 138. It's a psalm written by David. It's entitled, A Prayer of Thanksgiving and Praise. And I wanna look at these two words, thanksgiving and praise, just for a brief moment. Uh, They're two words that we find often in scripture and they uh, come under the umbrella of adoration. Okay, adoration is just a fancy word to explain our natural instinct or a natural impulse to want to praise or magnify or honor God. Okay? And when we have these impulses, they either usually revolve around remembering what the Lord has done or what he has given us. That's Thanksgiving, right? Or our impulses revolve around remembering and thanking the Lord for who he is. That's praise. What he's done for us, who he is. Thanksgiving, praise. And while these two ideas, thanksgiving and praise, there is a distinction between them. I wanted to help you understand that today. Oftentimes in the Bible, they are packed right on top of each other and interchangeable, just like it is today in today's scripture. It's no different. So David has three stanzas in this specific Psalm of praise. Uh, One stanza is looking back, thanking God for what he has done for him. And then the last two stanzas of this psalm are looking forward and um, thanking the Lord for what he is going to do. So today we're gonna read all three stanzas. It's eight verses total. Um, We're gonna read those of David's prayer. For each stanza that we read, we're gonna look at what's going on, observe David's response to uh, the Lord, and then we're gonna ask ourselves a reflective question to ponder on. Sound good? Okay, let's pray before we dive in. Father, thank you for being present with us each day. Thank you for being present with us today. As we read and dig into Psalm 138, Spirit, would you stir in us? Would you mold our hearts into a posture of humbly bowing before you and giving you thanks and praise? Amen. All right, so let's read the first stanza of 138, verses one through three. They're gonna be behind me. I give you thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods, I sing your praise. I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted your name and your word above everything. On the day I called, you answered me, you increased my strength of soul. In just these three short verses, we see David responding in adoration to his Lord for the things that he has done for him in his past. He recalls the Lord answering him on the day that he called and he thanks the Lord for increasing his soul's strength. Now we don't know the specific of what triggered this exact response from David, But it was most likely just another random day when he was nudged and he remembers what God did for him and he responded in thanks. He remembers who God is and what he has done for him in his life. And this way of remembering and responding to his God, it was etched on his heart. It was engraved in who David was. It was a practice that he participated in often. In fact, when David was king, one of the first things that David did was appoint certain people to watch over the Ark of the Covenant with one instruction. This is the instruction he gave them. This is from 1 Chronicles. This is what it says. He appointed certain of the Levites as minister before the Ark of the Lord to invoke, to thank, and to praise the Lord, the God of Israel. Responding to God in praise was a practice that not only he participated in, but he commissioned for all the people to participate in. In fact, if we kept reading in this text in First Chronicles, we would see that right after this charge, he actually gives an example of what a prayer of thanksgiving looks like. And it's in this exact prayer that we find the oh-so-famous phrase that we love to say, Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. One thing David doesn't lack is always responding to God's faithfulness and goodness according, or um, sorry, faithfulness and goodness by giving um, adoration to his father. It's littered in his writing. It is everywhere everywhere. In David's writing. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. Give thanks to the Lord. Make known his deeds. Sing to him. Sing praises to him. Tell of all his wonderful works. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will give thanks to you forever. These are just a few. It took me like two minutes to find these. They are everywhere in his writing. So my observation of David, considering these first three verses that we read in Psalm 138 and remembering what the Lord has done for him is this. David responds generously in praise to God. He doesn't wait or calculate time that he shares. He doesn't wait or calculate the place in which he shares it and he doesn't gauge his audience before sharing his praise to God for the ways in which he has worked. He goes beyond his conscious thought and speaks praise to the Lord any chance he gets. Now, how many golfers do we have in the room? Can yes. raise your hand. Yeah, one. <laughs> one? Come on. We're okay, 2, 3. Okay. Drew and my husband are laughing because those who know me know that I know nothing about golf and I'd like to keep it that way. <laughs> but I am married to an avid golfer. I mean, he plays whenever he can, played in a tournament yesterday, he teaches our sons, takes that they, he takes them out any t- chance that he gets. You guys, we even have to watch golf on Sunday afternoon on the TV. <laughs> we do. Oh, that's when I go night, night. Uh, (laughs) Oh, and what I have picked up from watching these golfers on our TV is that when they swing, I'm sorry, when they swing, (laughs) it is the most fluid and confident movement. They have practiced so much. They've practiced that swing so much without the ball in front of them that when they actually do have the golf ball in front of them and they hit it, it is no different from when they were practicing. Their swing is so fluid and so confident. So responding to what God has done for us, much like David, it's a practiced response. Just like those golfers who practice, the more we practice praise the more familiar and instinctive it will be for us. So from looking at David's generous response of praise and his practice (laughs) of it, I wanna offer this reflective question for us today. Am I generously praising God for his faithfulness to me? How quick am I to give thanks to God? How natural is it to recount his goodness? In these days that we're living in, it may not seem like we could generously praise or thank God. And it surely would not be natural to recount his goodness in some of the days that we live through. David will address praising God in current circumstances later down in stanza three. We'll get there, I promise. But for now, I want to encourage us to engage with our personal God as David did. He's the same God of Abraham, the same God of Isaac, of Jacob, of Mary and Paul, the same God. And we remember what he has done in the past so that then we can then bolster ourselves to that God and respond with bold confidence of what he has done for us in a generous way that's not dependent on our circumstances am I generously praising God? After David recalls what God has done for him in the past, he shifts his focus onto the future in these next two stanzas. Let's read the second one. This is what he says. All the kings of the earth shall praise you, O Lord, for they have heard the words of your mouth. They shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he perceives from far away. He shifts his focus from the past onto the future, particularly all the kings of the earth. Translation, all the people. (laughs) He shifts his focus to all the people that are going to come to know the Lord, and he praises God for them. Stop for a second with me here. Have you guys ever thought of the people in the future that will be radically changed by God and will choose to follow him? People who will sing the ways of the Lord? David did. I, I promise, he was talking about us, the 17 people last week, all the people who were come to know, that was us last week. He was thinking about us. What a thought, All I can say, like David says when he thinks of this, is great is the glory of our God. There are going to be generations after us that will come to know the Lord. That's exciting. The last verse in this stanza, it's kind of a weird one. So weird, in fact, people don't really know where to put it. They don't know if it belongs to the, the second stanza or the third stanza. So it might be in the third stanza in your Bible. Might be in the second. It's weird, and I, I kind of wanted to like leave it out. Like I will just gloss over that one. But I find it really interesting, um, and so I want to look at it again with you. This is what it says, verse six: For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he perceives from far away. Why would he add this? It's weird. What David is saying is that even though the Lord is high, even though he is mighty, he is above, right? He still sees. He still watches. And he has full authority. The correlation, the timing of people coming under the Lordship, it's up to him. The control of people, the circumstances and salvation of others it's not up to us. The Lord is high, he is watching, and his glory is revealed in his time. When David thinks and responds to how God will work in the future by praising him, David responds wisely in praising God. He realizes that while he can rejoice and praise the Lord for all the people that will come to know him, it is not in David's time nor plan that it will come to fruition. There is wisdom, my friends, in submitting to the Lord's plan and will. Now, I don't know about you, but when I get in a tight ball of control or wanting to manipulate certain circumstances, even if it's for the good of God, I can get that way sometimes. Um, But it actually isn't in the will of God to happen. And I'm like, okay, it's gonna go like this for your name, Lord. And he's like, oh no, it's not. You guys, it never ends well when I think that I can manipulate or control those situations. It never ends well. But when I can perceive that it's on me, that this is a thought of mine, I can loosen my grip a little bit, right? I can hand it to the Lord and he can do what he wants in his timing. When I do that, I always have been given a sense of peace and calmness that can turn into praising God for his timing. And so my reflective question for us over these verses is this, am I wisely praising God for his plan and timing? Ecclesiastes 3, 11 through 15 says this, he has made everything suitable for its time. Moreover, he has put a sense of the past and future into their minds, yet they cannot find out what God has done for them from them from the beginning to the end. I know that whatever God does endures forever. Nothing can be added to it or anything taken from it. God has done this so that all should stand in awe before him. That which is already has been, that which is to be already is, and God seeks out what has gone by. Friends, when we submit to God's plan and respond with a calm heart of praise for what he, not us, what he is going to do in the life of others... It not only is wise, but the spirit will gift you peace that is not of this world. Am I wisely praising the Lord? We're going to move to the last stanza of David's prayer, the last two verses. This is what he says in verse 7 and 8. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, you preserve me against the wrath of my enemies You stretch out your hand, and your right hand delivers me. The Lord will fulfill his purpose for me. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the work of your hands. In these last two verses, we see David currently walking through hard times. He's in the midst of trouble. He's walking, he's feeling the wrath of his enemies. What is his response? David responds personally to God in praise. He takes inventory of his life currently and he chooses to praise the Lord for what he is going to do in his own life. David is vulnerable and transparent with his circumstances and he praises the Lord for the provisions that the Lord will give to him. Is anyone walking through a hard time right now? I can only speak personally, but I could identify with that. I mean, there's a lot going on in our world that is questionable. Personally, this is hard. This is a hard time of year for me. Two weeks ago marked the seventh anniversary of our daughter's death. And every year around this time, we are triggered right back to that hospital room. And we grieve all over again, all over When does it get better? I don't know. I'm convinced it will always be hard in very different ways. But let me tell you something that I resonate with in David's response. When I personally engage in my relationship with God during hard times, the only thing that I've ever received is hope. Hope that his ways are higher His ways are better, and I am confident because He, who began a work in me, will be faithful to complete it. And in the in the end, I end up praising the Lord for His work done in me. Just like David, He will fulfill His purpose for me. Your steadfast love. Oh, Lord, endures forever. Which leads me to my last question for us to reflect on today. Am I personally praising God through my troubles? Is praising the Lord hard to do when you're in the midst of troubles? Extremely, extremely hard. Should you force yourself to praise the Lord when you can't? I'm going to say, no, you should not force yourself to do it because the Lord is gracious and he will meet you exactly where you are at. He is full of grace and in meeting you exactly where you are at, he will gift you with little notions, little thoughts, little gifts of himself to you in those times. And it is in those things that you can start your praise to him. It's raw and it's hard to expose trials. The tension is at an all-time high in our culture of wanting to appear, to have it all together or have all the answers. And on the other end, we're one step away from losing it all, right? That tension is palpable. What will break that tension? The Lord. The Spirit will break through and remind you of whose you are and what you are called to do, and you will praise the Lord for it. I can personally attest to you alongside David that when you start praising the Lord in your storm for all the things that He is going to do for and through you to advance His kingdom it will not only encourage others, but your praise will become contagious, wildly contagious. So I wanna put up these three questions again and think about together. When we have a chance to respond to the Lord, am I generously praising God for his faithfulness to me? Am I wisely praising God for his plan and his timing? And am I personally praising God through my troubles? Today we have the opportunity to come to the table and respond to the Lord through communion. We get to respond in thanks and remembrance for what Jesus has done for us on the cross. It's only because of Jesus. We have the opportunity to come and respond in praise for the people who have been, who are currently, and who will be seated around this table with us. And we have the opportunity to respond personally to the hope that Jesus has given to us. If you have your bread, you may get that ready. Bread. Styrofoam. If you have your styrofoam wafer, (laughs) you can get that ready. (laughs) (laughs) On the night when Jesus was betrayed, he took a loaf of bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and he said, this is is my body that is broken for you do this in remembrance of me and in the same way he took the cup also after supper saying this is the new covenant in my blood Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Would you guys pray with me? We give you thanks, O Lord, with our whole heart. Before the gods, we sing your praise. We bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. For you have exalted your name and your word above everything. On the day we called... You answered us. You increased our soul strength. All the kings of the earth shall praise you, O Lord, for they have heard of the words of your mouth. They shall sing of the ways of the Lord, for great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord is high, he regards the lowly, but the haughty he perceives from far away. Though we walk in the midst of trouble, You preserve us against the wrath of our enemies. You stretch out your hand and your right hand delivers us. The Lord will fulfill his purposes for us. Your steadfast love, O Lord, endures forever. Amen. Let's stand in praise.